What do you do when you feel stuck and uninspired in the career you have worked so hard to attain? When a new path begins to call your name, it may push you out of your comfort zone. And finding the confidence to make the jump into something new can absolutely feel intimidating. Self-doubt creeps in with those negative thoughts and it can lead you down the path of second guessing. I'm Dr. Jessica Metcalf and this is Speak Kindly, You're Listening. Don't forget to check out the book with the same name that inspired it all out on Amazon and is now a bestseller on Amazon as well. With me today is Shannon Russell, a career coach and host of the Second Act Success podcast. After spending 16 years as a television producer, Shannon pivoted to open her own business running a successful franchise in her hometown. Now, as a certified career coach, Shannon added another venture to the mix with Second Act Success, where she coaches women on how to change careers, start a business, and follow their creative passions to the fullest in order to produce their best life. She lives at the beach in New Jersey with her husband, two boys, and her chow chow pup. On today's episode, Shannon and I talk about what happens when your interests change, the tools for finding your steps, and how you can make the change to follow your next dream. Here we go. Shannon, thank you so much for being here on Speak Kindly, You're Listening. I am so excited to share your story and hear more about your inner gremlin and how it may or may not have come up at times. I love it. I'm excited to chat with you, Jessica. Oh, it's going to be good. So I'm just going to dive right into it. Something that I absolutely love is the name of your business, Second Act Success. So tell me a little bit about the vision behind that first, because I feel like we get to a point in our lives and that inner gremlin comes up and tells us, well, no, you can't make those changes. So tell me a little bit behind Second Act Success. Sure. That's exactly why I created it because I wanted to help inspire other people to not feel stuck and kind of shut out that voice and follow your true voice, your true inner self. And so for me, I started my career with a dream job. I was a television producer for 16 years or so. I still consider myself producer, even though I'm not actively working in that. But it's just another way of saying that we can change and we can pivot and we can always go back to what we did in the past. So for me, when I decided to shift careers, when I began a family, I really struggled with figuring out what I was going to do. And I did a couple of wrong moves, wrong things, ended up opening my first business. And then that was really successful. And I said, okay, well, I think I need to try to help others start their second act and produce their best life. So I really, I named it that because it's a little bit of the production side from my background and really in just helping you figure out your next move, your next act. And um, that's really what I do right now. I just try to inspire other women to step out of their comfort zone and find what really fulfills them in this juncture of their life. Because we don't have to do the same thing from graduation to retirement like our parents' generation did. Mm-hmm. That's a really long time, <laughs> yeah. right? And it's from day of graduation till the moment that you retire, especially within this North American culture and society of, okay, you have to do the exact same thing for the next 35, 40 years. And I know for me, that's what ended up happening at one point. I felt like I was stuck in dentistry. I spent all of this time. I decided at age 14, I was going to become a dentist. And then all of a sudden I got out practicing and I'm like, this can't be the only thing for the next 
30, 35 years. And I started to wish away those next decades because I was like, okay, well, I just have to make it through this part of my life and then I can be happy. And that's not necessarily the case. So it took me a while to be able to give myself permission to be able to say, okay, you can start to make those changes. So go back to, I know you said there was a bit, couple of bumps along the way before mm-hmm. you ended up into second act success. So tell me what were those kerfuffles, mistakes, whatever you choose to call them. And what was your inner voice saying to you during that time? So the first time I really started to listen to it was when I was actually pregnant with my second son and I was working in Manhattan, which is like a two-hour door-to-door commute from where I'm living in New Jersey. And it was just very stressful. I had a three-year-old and was pregnant. So I would rush into the city and then leave early, leave my team and rush back to get my son from daycare before they closed. And the stress of all of that was just a little too much for me to handle. My husband is a television producer as well. So we were both just, you know, it's long hours and it's just a lot. So one day I just had this epiphany of like, okay, I need to figure out what I'm going to do next. And then when I was on maternity leave with my second son, my show got canceled. And that was a moment where I really was excited and relieved. And I thought to myself, okay, I can pick up the phone and I can call one of my friends and get my next TV producing job. Or I can use this as a sign and really look inward and, you know, find my next move, find my second act. And that's what I decided to do in that moment, which was very, very scary. And I had that kind of conversation with myself over and over again of what can I do? Television is such a niche industry and no one really knows what a television producer does. So how am I going to take my skills and translate that into anything else? And my husband, who's a producer, and all of my friends, I mean, that was my world. Everyone I knew was in that industry. And so everyone was looking at me like, wait, why do you want to get out? We have it so great. This is so much fun. And for me, I was like, I feel like I was honest with myself for the first time of saying, I accomplished my dream job. I can check that off my list. But now my priorities changed. And interviewing Rascal Flats or, you know, uh, Jessica Alba, whoever it might be, is not as exciting to me as being a present mom for my boys. So it was really of just saying, like, okay, I'm proud of myself. I did that. Let me figure out what I can do to be closer to them so I'm not stressing with that commute every day. And when I started to think about what I could do, I was like, okay, well, maybe marketing. And a friend said, well, I work in a marketing place. Why don't you come work here? And I took a nine-to-five job there, and I realized it was not for me. It was not creative. It was a toxic work environment. Just not for me. But that internal struggle of, well, you need to do something because you're leaving this six-figure salary, and now you want to stay home, and how are we going to pay the bills? So I did it because I thought I had to, to support my family. And at the same time, I decided to take a master's in education because maybe I want to be a teacher because that is reliable and stable. And at the end of this program, I will have a degree which will lead to a job. And like, I'm almost at the end of the program and I'm like, I don't want to be a teacher. Like, this is not for me. So it was just all of these failures or kerfunkles or whatever you want to call them. And I realized, okay, I've got to really look inward and listen to what I want to do. And that's when I just happened to be listening to some podcasts. And I was listening to one of Marie Forleo, 
who I just love so much. And she's so inspiring. And she said something one day and I was like, I'm going to produce my own life. Like, let's do this. Let's start a business and I can use all of my producer skills to produce this business and grow it. And that's the road I chose to go down. Oh, I love every twist and turn that <laughs> that came with that because I can't get over the number of people who say the exact same thing when they get so specific into their career that they then think nothing is transferable. Because I've had that conversation with individuals within healthcare, within medicine, dentistry. And so this is so refreshing to hear that once we become so specialized at times and we're good at what we do, we then think, well, I don't even know how these skills actually transfer. And that inner voice is there because it is so easy to then say, because we're also in that generation where if you go to school, you get an education, then you'll be good. And it's interesting because you went back to go get your master's because it was get your degree, become yes. that teacher, then there's that stability. And I keep playing that over and over and over in my head. And what I appreciate the most of what you said is your priorities shifted. How were we supposed to know when we signed up for that first profession that my interests were going to change, that I developed as a woman, as a human being, as an individual who now has just the world at her fingertips and just looking for that next step and what that actually looks like. And I think that's where midlife crisis or quarter life crisis gets miscalled essentially is because mm -hmm. that's just a point in time when we're giving ourselves the opportunity to reflect and evaluate on our life and see what's actually happening. So when you dove in and you started to hear that inner gremlin and you're testing yourself out through all of these different aspects. And then you open up your business and you start to help others produce their life. Was there ever a point in time when that inner gremlin was just like, I just went through all of this stuff. How am I supposed to help someone else produce their life? Well, yes. But first, my first business actually was a different business. It's a STEM franchise for kids. So I launched into that and kind of used the master's in education to and my two little boys to launch this company. So I bought into a Snapology franchise and ran that. It's been six and a half years now. So that business really tested all of those skills of launching a business, growing a business, working, you know, customer outreach, just in a totally different world than television. And so that I ran, that became really successful. And it was in that process that my customers would come up and say, oh, Shannon, you're such a wonderful teacher. What grade did you teach before you opened Snapology? And I'd say, well, I actually didn't teach. I'm a television producer. And it would just open that conversation. And then I started thinking like, there's something to this. These other women are unhappy with where they're working. And now it just doesn't fit into their current lifestyle and they need help. And so I started helping some customers just kind of with ideas. I started helping some friends in the television industry make their transition out. And that's when I decided to open Second Act Success because I was like, okay, I did it once. I think I can do it. But there's still that gremlin that says like, okay, do they really want to listen to me? And you know what I did, Jessica? I started thinking about how I had no one and I felt so lonely when I made that transition and how maybe if I had someone to talk to, 
that I wouldn't have gone through those other, you know, missteps along the way because you don't know what you don't know. And I needed someone. And really for me, like I said, everyone in my orbit was in that industry and they couldn't understand why I wanted to leave. Now, years later, a lot of my friends are getting out of the industry because it's changing and it's not the way it was when we were 22. So I just left. And I, if I can help someone now with second act success, make that transition a little easier and talk about the missteps that I had and what I learned along the way, it just, it will make that so much easier for them because I didn't have that. And I struggled a lot. Not knowing what you don't know, I think, is the hardest for the inner critic who's a high achiever, who's at perfectionist tendencies that come up is because you don't know what you don't know. You don't know where to go. You don't know who to ask at that point in time. And that can become overwhelming. So when you were in that moment, because I even find myself when I hit different levels of my business or I want to try new things, all of a sudden I'm back at that point and I'm like, okay, well, you just kind of got to ask. You're not going to know. You're not going to sound stupid because it is brand new information. So how did you work through your inner gremlin moments when you were in that questioning period? Well, I turned to a course actually. Like, so I turned to people. I took a course from like a wonderful, wonderful teacher about how to launch my podcast and really perfect it. And that was really helpful because I had guidance. We had group coaching, you know, it was just that support. And then I really just started making friends with, you know, like when we speak, it's so nice to meet other entrepreneurs that you're speaking with on podcasts and you're like, great, I can support your business and we can chat on social. And I started really making these connections with people who were guesting on my show and people I was guesting on their show that we were helping each other. And I found that support system to be really what I needed to reassure me that like, okay, I'm onto something here and there's an audience, there's people who need what I can provide through the podcast and my coaching. So that was really helpful. And then even just a few months ago, I hired a business coach just to help me with any of the self-doubt that I was having. So I feel like I'm pro-coach, pro-course, and pro just getting that community around you to help you feel stronger in what you know is your right direction anyway. You just need that extra support around you. So that really helped me with that inner critic. So always learning. And I think going back to our process around assuming, oh, I need to get it from an academic institution. That's not the case. And that's where we get to not keep ourselves stuck. You don't have to go and get that master's. You don't have to go and get that PhD. You don't even have to go and get that postdoc. You can give yourself the opportunity to explore different types of learning and different ways of learning outside of just the usual academic institution. When you're now working with your clients and you hear their inner gremlins come up, Is there ever a moment in time when it brings you back to your own inner gremlin? And it's like, oh, I remember hearing that and saying that to myself. Yes. And I think a lot of it goes back to kind of our career is not wrapped up in our identity, right? Like our career is just a part of us. And in changing a career or getting a different position or different role or opening a business, whatever it is, that's just adding to our life's resume, right? Like you can go back if it doesn't work out but you're trying and I'm big on checking all the boxes, right? Like let's 
see what we can do, all the adventures. And I tell that to my clients of like, cool, you're not sure if this is going to work out. Let's just try it. And as long as you are focusing in on your inner why, like, why do I want this change? Am I running away from something or am I truly running towards something that is going to better my life and better my profession or whatever it might be? Just to know your why and why you're doing it helps to lead your way. And you realize that, you know, it's baby steps. I have a client I'm working with right now who has an amazing idea for a business, but he's really afraid of the sales part of it. He's failed in the past with another similar project with sales. And I'm like, okay, well, let's build it. And then we'll figure that out. You know, baby steps, as long as you're following your why and you know this is the right decision, it'll all fall into place. So really just trying to calm and settle and really go back to that why. Mm That why is so huge. And I used to think it was so fluff for so long because you hear it from so many different people and you're like, the why, the why, the why. And you're just like, but I do, I have to catch myself reminding myself, especially when (laughs) there are those moments of struggle and you're just like, oh my goodness, why is this happening to me? And it's not happening to me. It's happening in and around me. Okay, how do I get to figure it out? So it's not that... I can't figure it out. It's just, okay, how do we make that shift? So that inner gremlin, we know mistakes happen. We know that the first time we try something, we're not going to be the best at it necessarily. So how do we slowly start to navigate through the challenges that can actually take years. And I don't think that people realize that is, especially as that high achiever, we just expect, okay, if we can do it this, then all of a sudden the next thing that we do is just going to be perfect. And I can just jump from A to B, but that's not necessarily the case. It's this string of a whole bunch of other things that have to happen in between. So when you're noticing it in your clients and even within yourself, if something comes up, how do you give yourself that opportunity to accept your why? Because it's just, you can get so angry at that why at the, exact, at the exact same time. So how do you give yourself the permission? What do you say to yourself to allow yourself to believe that why is so important? It's funny because just yesterday, I had this moment. Like I had a mini breakdown where something wasn't working as easily in, in the business as I thought it would be. And I had to stop, reassess, and just literally write down, like kind of brain dump everything I was thinking, prioritize like what wasn't working and make a new plan. And it was one of those days where you're just like, nothing's going right. And I realized, well, I'm making it not right. Like, how can we change it? So really just sitting with myself in silence, which is for us, it's it's hard to find those silent moments during the day. And by last night, I felt so much better. I had a lot of work to do today and to like change my um path that I was working towards, but it can be done. It's just taking those moments of like sitting there and realizing like it's a challenge. And as high achievers, it's funny how we can be like, oh, it's not working out the second that we try something new. But we also kind of like that, right? Like it's also like fun to figure. (laughs) We're confusing that way. (laughs) Totally. Right? Like we want it to be easy, but then it's like also kind of a fun puzzle of figuring it out. Like I like a challenge and I'm sure you do too. It's like, yeah. And so I feel like it's really just that, you know, reassessing, refocusing. And it's like going back to those baby steps. 
So yeah, I find that with my clients who want that change right away. And again, it comes back to, well, you don't want to make a change right away because that could be the wrong change. You know, I always refer to like Jerry Maguire, if you remember that movie, like you want to run in and say, I quit and who's coming with me and storm out. But like to really sit with it for a second and I call it learn and leap, right? Like learn a little bit about what it is you think you want to move into learn a little bit about it, take your time and then make that leap and you'll be that much more confident. So I think I have to work on that with my clients too of like, you're not going to go from accountant to masseuse overnight. Like there's going to be steps in between. So make sure that you know that's where you want to go and then let's figure out those little steps to get you there and talk yourself down off the ledge while <laughs> you know while you're at it and just Try to stay as calm as you can. Ignore those thoughts that, oh, it's easier to just stay as an accountant. Well, it is. It's always easier, you know, but look how fun it is to go out on that limb and try something new. And like I said, it's okay to come back if it fails or if you decide you don't like it. Like you can go back and practice dentistry anytime you want. I can go back and make a TV show tomorrow. And that's kind of reassuring too, right? To know that we can do that, but to just, know that it's an exciting adventure to try something new too. We get one life to do it in. Yeah. That is so important to recognize is that it is only one life and Mm -hmm. it does become easier the more that you give yourself the permission to be able to do the different things because that's exactly it is knowing that yeah, my dental degree will always be there and that I can go back and use it and It's not like all of a sudden that gets ripped from me. And that gives me the opportunity to say, okay, those are skills that I've acquired, but something that I had to work through for so long. Because again, going back to that mentality of, okay, well, you go to university, you get a degree, and then that's what you're going to do for the next 30, 35 years. I had to wrap my head around the fact that, oh my goodness, you just wasted time. Like you just wasted time. You just wasted half of I decided at 14, you just wasted half of your life by the time I graduated that all that time and energy that went into it. But that also taught me my work ethic, my skills, my leadership style, like all of these things, these skills that I didn't realize that I was growing in the background while I was also learning this skill that was specific. Going back to that one client of yours in regards to sales and stepping into that, because I find that that's a problem for a lot of people. Because at the end of the day, you may not be physically in sales, but you still have to learn how to sell yourself and you have to build your confidence to be able to sell yourself, whether it's making new friends (laughs) or it's finding a new job or starting your own business, whatever it is at the end of the day, how you choose to show up, you're still selling yourself to someone because of the interactions that you're now creating. And when we think of selling, we think of, I know for me, it was always that used car salesman. So you're just like, oh, I don't necessarily want to go there. This feels grimy and stuff. So for the person who's struggling to navigate, okay, well, I want to become a speaker or I want to become a consultant or I have an interview coming up and I just don't know what that's going to look like because my inner gremlin is just so angry and tells me I can't do anything. I'm not good enough. You'll never be the one that ends up getting chosen. Or if you do get chosen, then it's the, well, but they needed X, Y, and Z, and this is why they chose me. So for the person stepping in and trying to understand sales, let's look at it from a confidence perspective. How do we navigate that inner critic? Or what do we say to ourselves 
or what are the things, the behaviors that we do that help build our confidence in order for us to then sell ourselves? I think it goes back to telling yourself a different story, right? Like tell yourself, hey, everything's going my way today. Like, and I find little things throughout the day. It could be like, oh, I thought my toothpaste was going to run out, but I have enough for today. Cool. Everything's going my way. Something so silly, but it's like that little mental shift to help you realize like, okay, I don't have to be down on myself and worried about, oh, maybe I'm not going to get that job or that interview is going bad. No, everything's going to go my way today. And that interview is going to go my way. And it's doing those little mantras or those little sayings and making sure you're prepared. Like, to know, hey, I'm going into that interview or I'm going into that sales meeting or I'm going to show up on social and talk about what I'm providing in a confident way. And it is scary and it's something that everyone, you know, whether you're Oprah or whoever, you still have that little bit of anxiety before you're going to go out and try to put yourself out there. So just to practice and feel as confident as you can. And again, like little steps, like maybe if you're launching a business and you obviously need to sell, how about having a really great logo or having other people in your videos? Like, you know, just different ways until you're ready to show up. For so long, I did not want to show up with my face on my social. I wanted to just post everything and I slowly started to do it and I still have to work on it. But it's like, people were like, but we want to see you. We want to see what you're doing in the day to day. So it's just getting over that and you know, telling other people who are a little scared, like you have so much more to offer than you're giving yourself credit to. So try to practice that confidence when you're alone in your bedroom and practice that interview, practice, you know, that sales pitch, your elevator pitch, whatever it might be. And then really just take that step forward. Keep telling yourself that everything's going to go your way. Mm. Such powerful words. And I don't think we realize as humans how much repetition creates that foundation for us to actually believe those words. So you're not just saying it once, you're saying it time and time again. And it's you looking for those things. If you can look for the bad things that happen in a day or the negative things, you can also look and find the positives as well. That's frequency illusion. Mm -hmm. And I appreciate that you use toothpaste as an example. (laughs) The little thing. (laughs) So I love that. I absolutely love that. Thank you so much. This has just been so enlightening. And I know the audience is going to have so many nuggets to take away from today about sharing your story, your client's story, and knowing that even if you specialize and you are so specific in your career that you too can decide if it's no longer your thing that you get to now make a change and you get to slowly make that change along with all the bumps and stuff that come along the way. So Shannon, tell me, is there anything that's coming up that you want to share with the audience that they can look out for? Sure. I think everything really is on my website. So you can go to secondactsuccess.co and you'll see a little button for our newsletter. And that's a great place because you'll get career tips, advice. You'll get links to the podcast that come out every week. I have one-on-one coaching if you're interested. And really just everything is right there at secondactsuccess.co. Oh, awesome. Okay, so everything will be in the show notes so then you know where to find Shannon. Again, thank you so much for being here. This was wonderful. Thank you so much, Jessica. Shannon and I had so much in common. 
You get to this pivotal point in your life and then you think, well, I did all this work, I should be happy, but I'm here now and something's not working. Well, you know what? Those initial dreams that you made as a kid or really early on aren't what you may expect them to be. And it's okay to start to make those changes, but it doesn't mean that it was all a waste, which is exactly what Shannon has showed us today. And I'm so grateful for these experiences that we continue to hear throughout the many episodes because each and every one of these guests that I have had on give us the opportunity to not just hear about their story, but give us the permission to start to reflect on what we want our story to look like. So key takeaways from today. One, the initial jump is always the scariest. When you have been in planner mode for so long and the expectation is that if you do A, then B will happen, it becomes hard to make that shift. But every time you make a change and give yourself the permission to do it, it becomes easier and easier to take another jump. Case in point, I want to share another story about a client of mine who's in marketing. She was at this job for about eight years and started to notice she was unhappy, wasn't learning as much as she wanted anymore, and also recognized she needed a break. But at year six, she already knew she was done, but kept staying put. Finally, when she made the decision to leave, she looked back and realized it wasn't actually as hard as she thought. She was worried about what comes next. What if it takes a while to find a job? And what if she doesn't find something that she likes? Well, now, another eight years later, she has made two additional shifts within marketing, took a five-month sabbatical in between jobs, and is now chief of staff at another organization. That first jump is always the scariest because you're pushing yourself into the unknown and veering from that initial plan. But it's okay because you know you have the capacity to be able to figure it out. Which brings me to key takeaway number two. Uncertainty doesn't mean bad. The initial jump is scary because there's a lot of unknowns and uncertainty. Here you were on this path that you fully laid out and that is quite familiar to you. It may feel slightly easy because of its familiarity, but it's not something you want to do anymore. Regardless if you choose to stay or change your sales, there is still going to be uncertainty. Why? Because life throws you curveballs all the time. Uncertainty curveballs, whether you like it or not. Take calculated risks, adjust your sales, and expect uncertainty. The key factor that you can control even amongst the uncertainty is how you choose to show up, react, and how you speak to yourself. Every episode will have a reflection question, and this is yours for today. Why is change scary? Why is uncertainty scary? Okay, that was two questions, but I do believe they are related. When you have found your answer, send me a DM on Instagram or an email to info at drjessicametcalf.com. That's info at drjessicametcalfe.com. Thank you so much for joining us today in season two of Speak Kindly, You're Listening. Remember, when you hear your inner gremlin, ask yourself, would I say this to a loved one? And if your answer is no, then it's time for a reframe. Speak kindly, you're listening.